This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey. Autocross started last weekend. Yes. How was it? It was super duper awesome. We actually had more people than we've had in years and years and years, and that was fantastic. I'd like to think it's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> so you all uh, went up to Grenada. Yeah, so the um, the first day went really, really great. We had about 40, almost 40 participants, which is a lot. It's about double what we usually have. And uh, we got rained out the second day. There was really bad weather in Grenada on Sunday. But um, we had a fantastic day. We ran three shifts where we usually run two. And it was it was, it was was great. We had a lot of fun. I did well. I won the ladies' class. Woohoo! And did anybody hey. take you up on riding along with you? My boyfriend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there were there were so many people there, and everyone's uh, running around. There weren't really extras, and most everyone there had been doing it before. Sometimes you get people who haven't, and they're curious, but that wasn't the case this time. Well, that will be me sometime soon, I absolutely Yay. promise, because I want to ride with you to see how that all oh, goes. Oh, awesome, awesome. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about brakes between your vehicle repair question calls. So this is what we're here for today. Hey, folks, give us a call, 1-877-672-7464. We had a sweet lady call the main number because she couldn't figure out how to call in because she wasn't putting the one before the 877. And then we've had other people who have been in other area codes of Mississippi say, please remind them it's 877 area code because if you call whatever your regular area code is, you get somebody's house or somebody's uh, cell phone, and they're huh. not quite happy about it. So it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So we're talking about brakes. Um, my knowledge of brakes lends it to the Flintstones car, where they <laughs> stick their feet through the floorboards, and that's not how it works. How, how same do, concept. How, how do, <laughs> do brakes stop us? It's pretty much that same concept. You're pushing uh, semi-metallic material against the rotor that stops it stops the car okay and uh, and uses hydraulic force to increase that that force because um, you couldn't do it yourself right and uh, and then you have your ABS system that's on most cars these days and that uh, pulses them so that they're a thousand times safer and keeps you from fishtailing and and all that sort of thing so that's that's the basis of it. it's really really simple and ABS is anti-lock brakes mm-hmm. and if you don't know if you have them read your owner's manual right and you you should see the light come on on your dash when you turn the key okay. into the, the own position. And that's linked in with your vehicle stability control, your VSC, and your traction control. So sometimes when you have an ABS problem, all that comes on. It's saying 
all that shut down. That all works off your brake system because it's it's reading from the same sensors down there. So that's that's how that works. Well, let's go over some of the parts of brakes so we know when the brakes break, <laughs> what broke. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are pads and shoes? Are they the same thing? Uh, no. So okay. the shoes are the drum style brakes that you don't see on cars much anymore. They're they're still there on small trucks and small cars and that sort of thing. But most everyone's gone to disc brakes. Um, it's they're not cheaper to put on a car, but they're easier to service and uh, and they do a better job of, of braking um, as far as dealing with the different things that cars go through these days. But so the drum brakes are shoes, pads are on disc brakes, and. Um, just a quick tip to help people not have a problem with their brakes is to be gentle on your cars when you brake. I noticed a lot of people when I ride with them, you, they're jerking forward every time they brake. They're going up in their seat and they've gotten used to that every time. And every time I'm like, it drives me nuts. Drive gently to a stop. Try your best to not move your body while you're stopping. And it keeps heat spots from building up on your rotors and, and causing your rotors to go bad. So where you would end up having to replace them to fix the problem. So that helps. And that helps maintain your system not being worn out and abused. And it'll, it'll last a little longer. What's a heat spot? The heat spot's where the pads get hot. And all pads, all brake systems get hot as they're stopping your car. But when you push down hard and you hold it down... When you're stopped at a red light, it'll cause a spot, a hot spot on the rotor. And next thing you know, your wheel's shaking every time you put on the brakes. And it's wobble, 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 wobble. And you can feel your brake pedal pulsing because you've, you've caused heat spots to get on the rotor. Then you need rotors, which is can be expensive. And we know if you're riding with a mama in the car and they're hitting the imaginary brake from the passenger side, <laughs> that means you probably need to brake a little bit earlier. Brake so earlier. Brake smoother. Yeah, brake earlier is a good tip. And actually, rotors aren't that expensive is just anything to me that you don't need to replace that you can avoid is an expense. <laughs> and so what what are the drums? The drums are on the rear of the cars. Uh, way long time ago, they used to put it on all four tires until they got they started doing disc brakes on cars. But um, they look like a drum. It looks like a drum set. So when you look on the brakes on the back of the car, you don't see a caliper or anything. You can't see anything. And that's kind of, of uh, how you know that you have drum brakes. If it's different from the front, too, you, pro- you have drum brakes on the back. Otherwise, it's going to look like a big disc. Like a, almost like a big CD disc. It almost looks like that, and then you'll have a, a caliper on there. That's the easiest way I could explain it. And and what are brake calipers? <laughs> <laughs> so brake calipers push your brake pads onto the rotor and stop you. Okay. And uh, and, and they're pretty good. They can go bad um, when people don't replace their brake fluid, which you should replace every two to three years. Um, it can mess up your calipers and make your pistons corrode, and and it'll get sideways in there, the little piston that pushes your pads, and you'll have to replace either rebuild or replace your caliper. That's an expense you can you can avoid with changing your brake fluid. And uh, changing your brake fluid also keeps everything clean in your ABS modulator. And when that ABS modulator goes bad, some people might be familiar with theirs going bad. That's a very expensive uh, a repair. It can be easily $1,500 to replace that. So if you keep your brake fluid fresh, and you should do it every two to three years, it's on a year basis versus mileage. You oh, want to change so it if you're following every, in your mm-hmm. owner's manual the recommended maintenance, would that have You know what's something I noticed? Fluid? They never have when to change your brake fluid in any owner's manual, in any maintenance schedule mm-hmm. I've ever seen. They'll have check it, which 
that you can't there's no you don't want to open up the lid as soon as you did it's bringing moisture into it so you can visually look at it and see the level but as far as you need to keep up with how long it's been since you changed it it's a different fluid than the rest of your car you don't change it by mileage you change it by year Okay, well, that'd be something good you could write down uh, to to remember. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and take, whoa, I'm sorry. Let's go to uh, Jimmy in Greenville. Jimmy, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. How are you? We're great. How are you? Good, good. First of all, I have to admit I'm not mechanically inclined. You and me both, Jimmy. Okay, I've got a question. I've got a 2016 Cadillac XTS, and I've been told by a mechanic that I'm soon going to need to replace the front struts on that. What are the, well, I know it's not a human, but lack of a better word, what are the symptoms of needing front struts on a vehicle? Um, I'll tell you this, Jimmy. This is how I feel about strut replacements and stuff like that. They're, they're, a lot of times they're just trying to make money unless yours are actually worn to the point where it's really noticeable. Like if you hear movement in your struts when you're driving and you, you're hitting bumps, you can hear it pow, 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 kind of making you know noises as it's bumping against the, the strut mounts um, or going over uh, bumpy roads, you're hearing it bump hard like you know make make bump noises the other symptom is it's very floaty your car is real floaty when you're driving and so it's not getting the um the kind of suspension feel that you want to be safe you can tell it's a little you're getting a little too much um uh sway in your vehicle and also another one is if your tires are wearing funny that can be a symptom of your struts going bad or or tracking or aligning wrong the thing is until those things are very noticeable they don't need replaced Okay. All right. Thank or leaking. I'm sorry. If they're leaking too, that's that's you. Well, I had you the back ones, the real ones, replaced because they were leaking. Okay. And that's when he said, "Well, sooner or later, the front ones were going to have to be replaced." Yeah. I'd wait till they leak, and then when they leak, um, then wait for them to actually go to go bad. You, you've got a little bit of time between when it starts leaking to it actually really goes bad. And the thing okay. is, on on a car on struts, when they go bad, it doesn't it doesn't particularly cause a, an emergency situation. But okay. once it starts getting loud, you definitely want to replace it. It's at that point. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. We're going to continue our discussion of brakes when we come back from our break. So if you have a problem with your vehicle, anything at all, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We'll have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm here too, Liz Gill. If you can't listen to all our show all the way through live, find our podcast. I like to listen to podcasts when I'm folding laundry. Here are our recalls for the week. We've got the 2012 and 2016 Kia Soul, the 2018 Lexus LS500 LS 500H, 1.3 million Subaru cars and SUVs. They, I think it's a, a switch or something. And uh, 2600 2019 Land Rover SUVs and the 2019 Jaguar F Pace F Type XJ. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. We're talking today about brakes, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 672-7464 and we have Jim from Madison on the line. Jim, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, I've got a, a 08 Infiniti G35 that came uh, equipped with the poorest quality front rotors I guess in the history of automobile manufacturing. I had to have them turned at like 12,000 miles. Um, I know I'm going to need some front brakes soon, and I want to um, replace the rotors, which I gather is not that difficult a thing to do. But the question really is, when I do replace the front brakes, and I, I know I've got to push the calipers, I mean the pistons back in the calipers, do I need to bleed the brakes after I do that? No, not unless you open up the... Um the brake line do you ever need to mess with that and on and then then just a word about bleeding brakes you can do it at home yourself if you don't have abs but otherwise on some cars you can bleed it but you'll have to take it somewhere and have them actuate the abs modulator to get the air out of there some cars you don't have to do that so with abs it can be a little bit different situation but on, on that g35 i'm pretty sure it has abs but um, if you don't crack open the fluid, if you never touch the fluid, then you do not have to worry about bleeding it. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. I hope that was extremely helpful to Jim. I would never 
rotate my rotors, but good for him. So what? What turn the rotors? Turn the rotors. <laughs> <laughs> I like rotate the rotors. But what? What? What can people who have watched YouTube or feel comfortable around their cars? What can they do? What about uh, changing their pads? Good question about the YouTube. So there's, of course, there's plenty of videos of people out there doing YouTube. Um, Video or videos of, of changing, doing their brake systems. Um, just a word to people: if you watch them, it's it's a good reference. It's a reference to go by. But a lot of times, I notice they don't grease the things they're supposed to grease or clean everything they're supposed to, and they don't tell you to put the pads through a break-in cycle, which is you stop at forty-five miles per hour, fifty-five miles per hour, let them cool off, and then you you do it at a higher speed. But there's a whole procedure for that, and you can Google it, and that makes your pads uh, marry into your rotors and that way you get all the stopping pressure that you can get from that car and uh, and it, it helps your whole system work better and it's safer and it'll last longer and that sort of thing so I don't see them doing that in YouTube videos so you have to be careful a lot of YouTubers who do mechanic work on cars are not mechanics they're hobbyists they're weekend warriors at at best and a lot of times they don't know all the actual procedures so i see them leave out stuff a lot uh so just be aware of that you might want to do a little research i get you a chilton manual that'll that'll help you uh chilton or haynes and that'll actually step you through all the procedures a little better i'm not real sure if they talk about the pad break in on there but but those are some things that get left out but yeah you can use that that can help a lot and um changing your pads changing your rotors is not very hard at all you need a simple socket set and a c-clamp like jim mentioned and uh, to push in your pistons and that's it all right autocorrect the show for those of you who know what a caliper is and for those of you who don't know which side of the car the brakes are on <laughs> top or bottom we'd love for you to call in with your car questions our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four our email is auto at mpb online dot org so the folks that do feel comfortable changing their their pads um what uh wh- where do you get those you can't you don't get them at walmart but i guess where can you right. get them oh uh any auto parts store o'reilly's advanced and also get the brake grease that they sell with you that's the grease you use to grease up your your car it's a little packet sometimes those little packets they sell you and people who've been to auto parts store know what i'm talking about they're selling you the bulb grease and then they're selling you the brake grease and um and different stuff use that stuff it you actually do need it you do need it for your bulbs and stuff like that um, but anyway, so they'll sell you a little packet of brake grease. When you go up there, they're going to pull up a list of pads. They're going to have the dirt cheap ones, which are usually made out of the organic material. They're dusty. They're squeaky. They wear faster. They're cheap. Um, but organic you, sounds so good. Doesn't, doesn't it? It just it means natural materials versus metallic, which is what most pads are, semi-metallic or full metallic. And what you want is what's called OEM pads. You want the ones that are recommended from the manufacturer. What is and OEM? And they will have that listed. Original Equipment manufacturer got it and those are the pads you want in your car don't think past that that's it that's all you need to know get the get the ones that are listed as oem and uh and they'll have that listed on there too they usually just out of niceness 
go ahead and tell you the cheapest ones, but it's the, the OEM are going to be about mid-price, and then you can go up from there and get fancier or move up to ceramic or something like that. You don't need any of that extra fancy stuff unless you notice a problem with your pads. They're wearing too quick because you're wearing them out. You're pulling something, or you drive on mountains a lot, and all that braking is causing them to wear. Then you might want to see about upgrading to something and maybe even upgrade your rotor. But until then, OEM, Original Equipment Manufacturer, just stick to whatever material they stuck on it at the factory. That's all you need to know. Fantastic. Let's take a call from James in Starkville. James, we're so glad you're listening and calling in to be a part of AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. I just got a quick question, please, and bear with me. I have a 1998 Pontiac Grand Prix GT. Oh, dear. I um I put, I put the emergency brake on all the time, and a couple times I forgot about it, and I backed out, and I heard a loud pop. The lines, of the the it's still emergency brake still work, but now the light doesn't come on anymore. Is there anything I can do to get that light to come back on? If so, what? Where is it, and what is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you sure can. Did it? Did it sound like it came from the? back of the car no it came from the front okay that makes more sense um yeah so you're probably going to want to look up under the car and see where the switch is that's that's when you move that brake you want to get someone to move it or or find out where that is on your car and look and see that switches it might literally be something that just popped off and you can just pop it right back on it's a, it's gonna be a little sensors or something like that i don't know exactly how it is set up on your car but but that's what and hopefully you can just do it from up under your car you don't have to get into the console Okay. Uh, where your actual you. emergency brake brake lever is, but yeah, so that that should help you get that back where it's working correctly. So it should that that's probably an easy fix, James. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. All right, I have a personal challenge. We've had a call from Jimmy, Jim, and James. <laughs> let's let's get yeah. all the Jameses in the Mississippi, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama area to call in. Even just call to say hi if your name is James. Call us at 1-877-672-7464. That works out, if you like the alphabet letters, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're talking about brakes, but we'll talk about anything you like. Now, we've talked about brake fluid. You want to change it. You've already said every two to three years, not based on mileage, based on time. Who can change Blake, Blake, <laughs> break <laughs> fluid? Um, I recommend just letting a small shop do that. Um, You'll see the shops that say brake alignment, suspension, and that's all they fool with. They'll be comfortable with that. They'll know the ABS procedure if you have ABS to get all the air out of the system. Um, other than that, you can do it yourself. It's not that hard. It takes a couple of people in, uh, just to step through just to make sure you, do, you don't get air into the system. But uh, so bleeding brakes is not out of a DIY uh, a person's hands. If you're a DIYer, you can do it. You can figure it out. It's 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 not too difficult. But if it's still spongy after you do it and you have ABS, then you need to take it to the shop and let them put it through the the ABS uh, modulator deal where they get the air out of there. So um, so it's, it's not it's not too bad. But it takes a buddy. It takes a buddy. You have to have someone pump the brake for you. Uh, when you do it, just 
um, garage style. Um, there are pressure bleeding systems, but that's for shops, and they run about three hundred dollars. But um, so you can you can you can do that one yourself. Every two to three years. Another thing I've heard people do. Uh, I don't know if I really like it when they do this, but it's just replacing the fluid just in the reservoir. Take a turkey baster and and suck it out of there, and then put in fresh fluid in your reservoir uh, every so often, and then you you do end up with a lot fl- fresher fluid than you would if you have um, if you didn't do the whole brake system. So that's that's something that that some people do. And I guess there are gradations of good, better, best fluids. Yeah. So um, that's another thing where you want to stick to what's recommended, that pretty much all the brake fluids are the same and interchangeable except for the DOT 5.1, which was some, it's a silicone base that was in like some BMWs and stuff like that. So be weary that if your car has the 5.1, you need to use that specifically for your car and it is not interchangeable. There is DOT 5, there's DOT 4, there's dot six what that means is that 500 degrees is the boiling point for that fluid or 400 degrees um boiling point so you get a higher boiling point with a higher dot five dot four which is good it means your brake fluid is going to last longer and work better so i do recommend upgrading your fluid um and upgrading it to full synthetic too helps out a lot um it's a better fluid it lasts longer it works better so that's um, what I recommend. If you don't feel comfortable doing any of those changes like that, just stick to dot three or whatever's recommended in your owner's manual. You'll be fine. So if you uh, want to, if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself, go to an ASC certified mechanic. And if you do feel like you can do it, how do they find out what kind of fluid, what dot to put in? Well, it's actually on your cap, okay. on your brake fluid reservoir. That's right. that's one thing to go by. All right. Uh, I asked you to call in, and you did, and I'm so glad, but we're going to take a break. We'll get to our great callers, Jim, Sean, Brad, and John, when we come back. We're talking about breaks. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that in just a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is Ophira Eisenberg, host of NPR's Ask Me Another. Do you have an extra car that you wash more than most people go to the dentist? Well, save some time and some water and donate it to us. Think about it. Rather than it sitting there taking up space, your extra car could be making public radio. And when you donate it here, you may also qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is in the house. She's our expert. I'm Liz Gill. I hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's the MPB Public Media app. Consumer Reports has a list of 108 2007 to 2016 models that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual survey. Today, we're going to caution you about it's the, there you go. 
the Ford Mustang. Sorry, I'm, I'm not good at this. All right. Michelle, <laughs> I'm brand new. Michelle, your voice has deepened. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Uh, the Ford Mustang, model years 12, four, 15, and 17. And as Allison has said before, Every so often, there's just one year where something went wrong, and a lot of folks have had problems, and that's what they're talking about on the responses to their annual auto survey. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His review this week, Nissan unveils ultimate pickup at Indy Habitat for Humanity. So if you like tricked up tricked out pickup trucks that would be a good uh thing to read and we'll have the link to that on our show we're talking about breaks today and we're going to go to jim in houston we missed you but uh we're going to go to sean in uh lawrence thanks for calling in today sean you're on autocorrect go ahead hey how's everybody good how are you Pretty good. Listen, I've got a Mitsubishi Mirage, uh, and I'm having trouble with the neutral safety switch. I can get the shifter in the park, but uh, the switch won't catch, and so I can't turn the key to the off position and pull it out of the ignition switch. Is there anything I can do, or is this just... Deal with it and keep disconnecting the battery. Oh, I have to wonder if that's the neutral safety switch causing that problem or if it's your actual ignition switch. Does that make sense? Have you actually looked down on it on the transmission and seen if it's out of adjustment or something? No. This okay. actually happened before I went to work, and I didn't have an opportunity okay. to uh, take a look at it. Well, for everyone out there listening, neutral safety switches on your car, on an old mechanical car like that, it's um, it's where the shift lever shifts it, and then you, you'll have a little switch there that's the neutral safety switch. It tells it what place it's in. Sometimes that gets out of adjustment, and you have to adjust right. it. You put it in park and then make sure the safety switch says it's in park. So something like that, you might can you might can fix that. I'd, I'd look into that. I think that's something you can you can do. That, okay. that something now, where, that Sean can do, or something that Sean could take the car and someone could fix. That's something Sean can do. You can get down there and visually look at it, get up on your car and see where the switch is. See when you shift uh-huh. your car, it's real easy to see where the shift lever is and where it shifts on your transmission, especially an older car like that. That it's not electronically shifted. That's still mechanical. So you can get down there and actually look at it and see if it's lining up correctly. If everything looks correct there, you might want to look into your ignition switch. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it, lady. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Sean. We're going to move along. Let's go to Brad, who's on the road, and we hope he's driving safely. Brad, we're so glad you called into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hello. Nice to talk to you. Hi. Um, I got an 89 Chevy Silverado, and 
Like when I drive the truck and I pull up to a stop sign or something, I'll have, you know, match the brake and be sitting there with the brake on, you know, my foot on the brake. And then I'll feel after a few seconds, it'll kind of give and the truck will kind of squat and will kind of give and I got a brake light flashing and I've got a shade tree mechanic which growed up in the mechanic world and he works on it but I don't know what changed a bunch of stuff on it and I just wondered if you knew what that might be huh good that's a great question you changed a bunch of stuff over there I have to wonder if something's up with your vacuum booster you know what I'm talking about did y'all replace that booster. Yeah, that's, that's where that you're... That round thing up on the front of the... Is that that big old round yeah. thing up on the front? Yeah, that's the vacuum from the engine is pulling that, and it's and it's assisting you, vacuum assist on your vehicle. Uh, honestly, that's something I'd have to look at and see kind of what's going on further with your vehicle. That's a weird situation. I, I don't know. If, because the brake light's coming on, it's throwing me a little bit because you have little sensors like in your uh, the in between your front brakes and your rear brakes, there's pressure sensors and adjusters there to make sure everything works correctly between your front and rear brakes and those have sensors in it to make sure they're working correctly it could be that unit back there that's in the, the back of your vehicle in between your front and rear brakes so uh, it, it could be something like that so um, I'd have to look into that one further I'd recommend taking it to instead of just replacing parts it sounds like that's what you've been doing take it to a brake shop that's specific for brakes usually they do suspension alignment tires and brakes and I would I would just give that a try instead of uh, you know not just kind of throwing parts at it since you've gotten this far. I wish I could help you further. <laughs> okay, I appreciate your help. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Brad. The shops that have the the brakes, uh, oftentimes they offer lifetime brake services. Is that a good idea? Good question. Uh, this is how I feel about pads getting replaced at shops i don't feel like they ever put them through the break-in period that they're supposed to to test drive it they're charging dirt cheap to put them in because it's really quick and easy to throw in pads they're not putting in the pad they're not doing the the pad break-in procedure and they're not greasing everything like they're supposed to next thing you know years down the road your caliper pin stuck and you need a whole caliper and everything else because they never greased it and it's eating up pads and that sort of thing uh first really i just i never feel comfortable with the shop doing that they very rarely do it right if you do take your car to a shop for brakes take it specifically to somewhere as far as the lifetime pads it's cheaping out somewhere so i don't i don't feel too terribly comfortable about that myself is there a can we have on the website a list you mentioned about how to break in the pads right can we can we put something up on that we'll Mm -hmm. link, link something on if you get your pads replaced what's a good way to break them in good All right. Let's go to John in Bentonia. John, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. Hey, uh, Miss Miss Allison. Hi there. How are you guys? Um, Good. A tip tip for uh, do-it-yourself brake bleeders. Um, If you're like me, there's never a friend around to pump the brakes for you or anything. I'm sorry. Well, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm just just saying, you know, that's life. And... um, (laughs) 
you know, the, the old school way of doing it is, you know, get an old pickle jar and a hose and a clear hose, preferably, and, you know, stick that on the bleeder and fill, you know, just make sure the end of the hose stays in the a little bit of fluid in the in the jar yeah. and and you can even pump to your heart's content just make sure the you know the the master cylinder doesn't run out of fluid or you got to start all over and the the best tip though is just just go to the parts store and buy one of those darn things they're, they're only a couple bucks you know yeah yeah that, that'll save you a lot of headaches yeah and you said that worked for you. It wasn't sucking in air every time you let up off the brake and then making it harder to breathe? Because it's really quick when you have two people to do it, to cl- open and close the bleeder valve as you're pressing the... It is, but, you know, you, you, you know, go back to your old high school physics. You know, don't, don't leave the bleeder open too far and, you know, just have it slightly cracked. And, um, you, you know, you won't suck more air back up. And, you know, make sure it's... The beauty of those things is they they usually have the ones you buy. They have a way to keep the hose down in the fluid, so that that's what's important. Gotcha. And, uh, so you're know. not working extra. You can do it by yourself. Yeah, you're not having to get up off your you know your rear all all you know every two seconds and all that kind of thing. Okay. Well, thank you. That's a good tip for everyone that wants to try it out. Yep. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. You too. Thanks, John. And now, oh, yay, we we've got, got for Jim. Jim from Houston is back. Jim, thanks for calling back into AutoCorrect. I can't even operate my telephone, much less fix cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question is about new cars. I've been, I got the Consumer Reports, you know, automobile edition. Yeah, I saw that this month. It's mm-hmm. better than the swimsuit issue at my age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, all, are all new cars now, are they drive-by-wire? Are there still any that, that I could understand that have a steering column good question um uh they're almost all drive by wire these days you won't you won't find a throttle cable up under the hood and that's been a while it's been going on for quite a while now i'd say easily since like 2010 or something like that i just automatically assume cars don't have it that's how long it's been going on i don't look for it unless it's uh uh like 08 and earlier maybe uh, you might you'll you'll find some, and then of course before that, almost all of them were you know with the throttle cable up under the hood. Uh, but no, I'll, almost all of them are drive by wire. But it's it's not that bad of a thing. It's not that bad. I, I don't hear of them having problems hardly ever with those systems. So my question was if if, if I'm driving like playing a video game essentially, what happens if the car blows a fuse? If I blow a fuse in that, you won't. It won't blow a fuse. No, it, those those systems are pretty well set up. Like I said, I've never seen a problem with the drive-by wire system as of yet. The only the closest thing maybe is a throttle position sensor act up so it doesn't know where the butterfly is, and uh, and that'll cause limp mode or for it not to crank. But it's not going to happen in anything while you're driving down the road. No, I've, I'm just saying I've never heard of that, so I wouldn't be leery of it. You used the expression I've heard, limp, limp node. Limp mode. mode limp mode. <laughs> In other words, if something goes wrong, it's still you still have control of it. Yeah, you like, can still drive it. It just won't go over like 45 miles per hour, I think, uh, for limp mode. Most cars are set up like that. Yeah, until you get it fixed. Well, you made me feel a lot better. I can go back to my fantasizing. Your swimsuit magazine. Well, no, no. The car. <laughs> I wasn't real sure what you were talking about there. No, I'm fantasizing about... about uh, 
Toyota Avalon, those kind of things. Oh, there you go. Something yeah, I can nice actually car. get. I have an outside chance of getting. Yeah, they're nice cars. Yep, drive by wire. Good well, question. Thank uh, you. No, you made me feel better. I enjoy talking to you. Thank Let's you. See. You're welcome. Thanks for calling back, Jim. All right, we're discussing brakes today, and when we come back from the break, uh, we'll also continue taking your repair questions. Our number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? Hang on a minute and we'll tell you. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Correct on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash autocorrect. And that's also where we'll have all these little tips and tricks and websites and whatnot that we mention. Here is what's in the news this week. Volvo puts a 112-mile-per-hour speed limit on its car. Volvo plans to impose a speed limit of 112 miles per hour on all of its vehicles beginning in 2020. The Chinese-owned Swedish automotive brand said it was making the move to bring attention to the dangers of speeding. The plan comes amid concerns among safety auto safety advocates about stubbornly high rates of deadly crashes. More than 37,000 people were killed in U.S. car crashes in 2017 for the second straight year. That deadly spot came after six straight years of fewer than 33,000 deaths. Safety experts say one of the quickest ways to reduce fatality rates on the road is to lower speeds. Speeding was blamed for more than 26% of U.S. crashes deaths in 2017, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You know, with all those wrecks, that also increases the cost of cars. If we keep going the way they are, they're going to be too expensive to have and own and to work on and repair. That's how I feel about it. So we need to slow down, everyone. That's basically what I'm saying. Slow down and drive more carefully. Drive better. Speaking, we can do better. Speaking of expensive cars, if you'd like to know a little bit more about how to purchase a car and uh, the costs and the things that go into it, I hope you'll listen to last Tuesday's Money Talks. We had Roddy Merritt, who'd been on this show previously, talking about choosing a car. He talked about paying for a car on Money Talks, and that was Tuesday, March 5th, (laughs) 5th, (laughs) and you can find that on mpbonline.org and also as a podcast. By the way, I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. We lost our, one of our gems, but let's go to uh, Jeff in Jackson. Jeff, we're glad that you called in today. Go ahead. Hey, Liz and Allison. How you guys doing? Good. 
How are you doing? Good. I'm doing okay. About to get my work day started. Yeah, it's late. But okay. Uh, <laughs> I got a quick question about um, uh, a recall. I recently, a couple of days ago, I guess, got a notice from Ford about a Focus recall, which I own. And uh, it's a two-part question. One, if you're aware of that, Allison, do you have any idea of how long the repair takes? If it's a you know a, a go and wait or a drop off? And the part two is, if it's a drop off, do you know if they ever provide any type of rental uh, or rental reimbursement or anything? Or are you pretty much on your own with that? They usually don't, and you're usually on your own. But it, some some places do. I don't know if a Ford would, but um, what? Well, I'd, I'd have to look it up and see what that recall is. Do you know what the problem was that they recalled? Yeah, it's, it's something about, uh, I think, uh, several years span of a Ford Focus. It's the um, fuel canister, some deformation in that, and it's causing uh, some vehicles to stall or not start. Okay. And uh, they're um, reprogramming it and um, replacing some parts if necessary. So. Oh, okay. That might take not take long at all if they just reprogram it. Anytime you're dealing with the dealership, I'd like to uh, recommend people calling ahead, setting appointments, getting a. Uh, getting to know your service advisor and uh that way you know how long stuff's going to take so this would be a good question to call into ford and ask them that jeff and uh to get a more direct answer but if it's just to program it um maybe that won't take that long but you don't want to just bump in on them and expect them to get you right in a lot of times they're swamped so you want to call ahead and see what day's best set an appointment they usually i know when i worked at toyota or the local dealership here we um we got people in a lot faster that had appointments gotcha gotcha and i've done appointments before and you're right it it works a whole lot better than dropping in so yeah um, so hopefully that's a minor hopefully Jeff, one thing we want, I'd like to make sure you understand, according to the article on USA Today, Ford warned that customers should keep their fuel tanks at least half full until their cars are fixed. Ford Motor is recalling 1.46 million Ford Focus cars in North America to fix a defect that could lead to stalling. The recall affects the 2012 through 2018 model year Focus with 2-liter GDI and 2-liter GTDI engines, and Ford warns that customers should keep their fuel tanks at least half full until their cars are fixed. We need to have a show on GDI engines, by the way. I'm just going to say that. That's coming up at some point. We need to talk about this different style of engine these days. All right. Jeff, we're so glad you called in. Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy, you're ending our James uh, Fiesta today on AutoCorrect. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, I got a Ford Freestyle. You just brought up a Ford Focus, and my wife just bought one. Now you got me two questions. But uh, I'll stick with the original, and it was about brakes. Uh, I've got a Ford Freestyle that's uh, a little soft when you push it, so I'm... Uh, I'm wondering, does it have ABS, and do, where would I best get somebody to uh, uh, do the ABS thing that you were referring to uh, pressure-wise? 
Okay. Um, so on that, you might have some air in there. Maybe someone did get into the brake system recently, or if it's spongy like that, you may actually have where you need your brake fluid replaced because that's generally what it causes, a little bit spongy pedal because moisture builds up in there and uh, water doesn't compress like hydraulic fluid. Um, so that, that could be it. But breeding your brake system and getting new brake fluid in there is what you need. I would take it somewhere um, that does brakes and ask them you know they they have the all data and they use the system to to get your abs modulator correct i know that's confusing but it ask them if they work on abs but they should, all of the brake shops i say they should do that whether they do or not i'm not really sure but they should if they if they work on brakes these days they better really know how to do abs Oh, Jimmy, we're so glad that you called in today, but that's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Jay White. Thank you, Java Chapman, for engineering and call screening our calls. For Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram as the lady auto mechanic and see her cool autocross photos. I am Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show, Kids and Teens. Kids and Teens. I don't have either anymore. Uh, Mine are all grown. With Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us again next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.